0: One of our listeners writes in today and they ask this question What does Psalm 139 mean by fearfully and wonderfully made? Well, Psalm 139, 13 through 14 says this. For you formed my inner parts, you knitted me together in my mother's room. I praise you, for I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Well, let's first talk about the the context and what this means. In Psalm 139, the closing request, Search me, O God, and know my heart. It echoes the opening statement, You have you search me and know me. David, the psalmist of 139, used the word know in Psalm 139, 1-2, one 4 6 and 23, to communicate that the Lord's intimate knowledge of His people. And then he moves in Psalm 139, 7 through 12, to focus on how there is nothing in the universe to run away from the knowledge of the Lord. In Psalm 139, 13 through 16, David illustrates this by describing life in a very dark place, the mother's womb. Psalm 139, 17 through 18, then exclaims how delightful the knowledge of God is. Well, then in Psalm 139, 19 through 22 he affirms his loyalty to the lord and in psalm 119 23 through 24 invites him to examine his inner life by purging him from all that hinders his walking in the way everlasting well what does it mean well the first meaning of fearfully wonderfully made is that god intimately knows us you see, because all humanity is fearfully and wonderfully made, the Creator and Lord knows the hairs on our heads and has such detailed and precise knowledge of our life down to the very nanosecond of when we'll be born, live, and die. To know we are fearfully and wonderfully made by the Lord, we need to understand the smallest details of our lives occur according to the plan of God. Psalm 139 contributes to our understanding of the subject, highlighting the all-knowing, all-present, and complete knowledge of the Lord. Such knowledge reveals the Lord is not a casual observer who takes in knowledge as we do. I will praise you, Psalm 139, 14, because the Lord ordains everything from eternity past to eternity future and everywhere in between. The Lord who is holy, good, and just also sustains and governs and brings all things to pass from the creation of the cosmos to the functioning of our cells and our bodies. Now that we have Some understanding of who we're speaking about in the Lord. We can now begin to answer the question posed at the beginning of this podcast. Which brings us to meeting number two of what it means to be fearfully and wonderfully made. It means that all humanity belongs to its Creator God. Because all humanity is fearfully and wonderfully made by the Lord. He owns all humanity as well as the rest of the world he created, governs, and sustains. Psalm 139, 13-16 expands upon David's earlier reference to the divine presence of the Lord showing how his presence is so intimate that even in the mother's room, he carefully knits people together. By using this imagery, the psalmist pictures the Lord attending to the details of his life as a knitter must pay close attention to knit a blanket to not produce a tangled mess. The following truths also flow from this beautiful imagery used by David in Psalm 139. Because all humanity is fearfully and wonderfully made, all of life is sacred. Because all humanity is fearfully and wonderfully made, humanity is the is the pinnacle of creation. created to resemble God and to fill the earth through procreation with fellow image bearers of God. Because all humanity is fearfully and wonderfully made in the image of God, all humanity should be treated with dignity and respect. Well, we are fearfully and wonderfully made, but we need redemption from sin also. And we also know from Genesis 2, 16-17 that Adam was commanded not to eat from the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. And now since Adam ate from the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, all humanity are now sinners by nature and by choice. Jesus, the second Adam, fulfills God's image bearing purposes. The image of God in man, barred by the fall, can only begin to be restored through faith in the finished and sufficient work of Christ alone. One day the image of God will be fully restored when the people of God shall be entirely like Jesus. The Apostle Paul speaks to this particular issue when he talks about the light of the gospel and the glory of Christ who is the image of God in 2 Corinthians four four and Colossians 1.15. Jesus is the image of God that God the Father intended Adam to be in the Garden of Eden. Christians united to Christ by faith are now seen by God the Father as his adopted children daily being conformed in the image of Christ in righteousness and holiness. So now let's turn to consider how the following three truths relate to our previous points Many In the earlier sections of this show, and how they relate to our lives as Christians today. Well, you see, Christians are the, the possession of the Lord, the apple of His eye. This reality should cause those who have been made holy by the Lord and whose sins have been forgiven through the finished and sufficient work of Christ to now live rightly before the Lord, who is holy and just in all of His ways. And we need to remember, we need to remember your divine Creator. John Calvin states in his commentary on Psalm 119 150 One great reason for the carnal security into which we fall is is not considering how singularly we were fashioned at first by our divine maker. Christians must understand that since the Lord is creator and Lord over his people, they belong to him, and he has every right to intrude into our lives and discipline the one he loves, Hebrews 12:6. Since the Lord is just, he will also deliver divine judgment against sin. Lastly, speak it to others who are also fearfully and wonderfully made about Jesus Christ. See, Christians are, are taught to go and make disciples of Jesus, to do the work of an evangelist, to be salt and light, And since Christians have been saved by Christ and are the possession of Christ and now have new desires for Christ, Christians should tell others about Christ. See, Christians speak on biblical, ethical, and moral and social issues to point people to the finished and sufficient work of Christ. So let's, as God's people, get to pointing people to Jesus, who is wonderful, altogether righteous, and who now empowers his people through the Holy Spirit to tell others of glad tidings and good news of salvation In Christ alone. I want to thank you for listening to this episode of the Servants of Grace podcast. If you enjoy this episode, I want to just encourage you to share it with your friends and your family and and those you know. As you do, uh, encourage them to to send us in your questions, your theology questions. Uh, We would love to answer them. We aim to be a trustworthy resource for you um, to help you grow in the grace and knowledge of the Lord Jesus. So until next time, may the Lord richly bless you and keep you.